0: Evidence and Answers. There are many cults in our society today. In order for us to be a positive influence on our friends who are involved in these different religions, what do we say? How do we approach the issues if we don't even understand their doctrine? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics. defense of the christian faith in today's episode of evidence and answers we will address the topic of mormonism and what their doctrine is regarding jesus christ now with part one of this fascinating message is pat sukren
1: in this series on mormonism we have been looking to answer the question are mormons christians are they indeed another christian denomination or do they deviate from clear biblical teachings now the four areas we're looking at are some of the basic doctrines of the Christian faith. The doctrine of God, the doctrine of Jesus, the doctrine of man, and the doctrine of salvation. Now as we studied in a previous show, Mormons have a very different theology of God. Their doctrine of God is very different from what the Bible teaches. Let's look at the second area today, the doctrine of Jesus. Is the Jesus of Mormonism the same Jesus of the Bible? Mormon apologist Gilbert Scharfs states, Latter-day Saints are Christians because they emphatically believe in Christ, use his name in their official church title, and believe in the Bible and the Book of Mormon, which testify to the reality of Christ and the truth of his teachings. Mormons are Christians. Christians are those who accept Christ as their Savior. So Mormons claim to be Christians teaching the biblical doctrine of Jesus Christ but indeed is the jesus of mormonism the same as the jesus of the bible paul warns us in second corinthians 11 verse 4 that there were false teachers even in the day of the apostles even in the day of the early church who are coming around teaching another jesus so is the jesus of mormonism the jesus of the bible well let's take a look the bible has always taught that jesus existed eternally as God. In other words, Jesus does not have a beginning. He always existed as God the Son. John 1.1 states, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now John's use of the word beginning, in the beginning, is the same as what was used in the Old Testament, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the universe was not created in time But that time was created along with the universe all things were created at the beginning including time itself so the beginning here as in genesis 1 1 refers to eternity past the beginning of all things even time itself and john says that at the beginning of all things the word or jesus was already in existence in the beginning at the origin The beginning of all things the word already was john is not saying the word came into existence the word already was in the beginning was the word the verb was is in the greek what's called the imperfect tense indicating continued existence so jesus did not come into existence at a time in the past but at the point when it all began he already was verse 2 and 3 further reinforces the eternal nature of Christ it says he was in the beginning with God in other words he existed eternally with God all things everything in creation including time itself time matter energy all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made so Christ Dealt eternally with God, He does not have a beginning. He has always been the eternal, divine Son of God. Isaiah 9:6, in that wonderful prophecy of the coming Messiah, the Savior of the world, Isaiah 9:6 prophesies this: "For to us a child is born, to us a son is given." In other words, the Messiah who is coming to redeem the world is going to be human. He's going to be a child. He's going to be a son. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, what does Isaiah mean by Everlasting Father there? Well, that's a title of preeminence and power. He is the ruler or sovereign over all time and eternity. So, even in the prophecy of the Messiah, speaks of the eternal nature of Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.17 says, He is before all things. In other words, before all things were created, He already was in existence. And in Him, all things hold together. So if Christ is before all things, He does not depend on anyone or anything outside Himself for His existence. He has always existed as the eternal Son of God. Now that's important to remember because Mormonism teaches that Jesus is not eternal but that indeed he does have a beginning. Mormonism teaches that before the Incarnation Jesus was the first spirit child born to the Heavenly Father Elohim and one of his many wives. In the book Gospel Principles, which is one of the foundational textbooks that every Mormon uses to learn Mormon doctrine in the gospel principles it states every person who was ever born on earth was our brother or sister in heaven the first spirit born to our heavenly parents was Jesus Christ so he is literally our elder brother so Mormonism teaches that we pre-existed in the spirit world in heaven that the father and his many wives are procreating spirit children who will inhabit physical bodies upon this earth The eldest son born to God the Father in the heavenly realm in the pre-existent state was Jesus Christ. And the angels and we are also spirit children procreated by the Father and one of his many wives. And Jesus, therefore, is literally our elder brother. The Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 93, states, Christ, the firstborn, was the mightiest of all the spirit children of the heavenly Father. Bruce R. McConkie, he was the apologist and theologian of the Mormon Church, wrote that significant theological work, their Mormon doctrine. He states this, All men and women are in the similitude of the universal father and mother and are literally sons and daughters of deity. As spirits, they were the offspring of celestial parentage. Christ, the firstborn, was the mightiest of all the spirit children of the Father mormon authority james talmage in his significant work the articles of faith wrote this among the spirit children of elohim the firstborn was and is jehovah or jesus christ to whom all others are juniors so according to mormon teaching jesus does indeed have a beginning he is the offspring of God the Father and one of His heavenly wives, the firstborn spirit child in the pre existent world. Now since we including Jesus are all the offspring of heavenly parents then we are of the same essence as Jesus. In other words every person on earth has the same nature as Jesus. Jesus is not unique in his essence but only in his achievement and mission every exalted man may attain a similar godhood as Jesus. Once again James Talmadge one of the major theologians of the church wrote this human beings generally were similarly existent in spirit state prior to their embodiment in the flesh. There is no impropriety therefore in speaking of Jesus Christ as elder brother of the rest of humankind. So in Mormon theology, Jesus, mankind, and the angels are actually of the same essence. And one of the things taught in Mormon theology is that Satan is the spirit brother of Jesus and also the rest of mankind. Jesus and Satan were spirit brothers born of the Heavenly Father and His wives. So according to Mormon theology, Jesus, all of humankind, and the angels are all spirit children of the heavenly father and one of his many wives therefore we're all of the same nature therefore in mormon theology jesus and satan were spirit brothers born of the father and one of his wives now this is the story of how satan became the devil and christ became the savior of the world according to mormon theology in our pre-existent state god the father called a grand council to present his plan of progression for all his spirit children. What would be the plan for them to inhabit physical bodies so they can make the journey to Godhood as well? The plan was that all the children, the spirit children, would inhabit physical bodies on earth and each would have the opportunity to choose to follow God's plan and attain exaltation to Godhood as their heavenly parents had done before them. However, during each person's journey on earth, each person would sin And therefore, a Savior was needed to pay for their sins. Jesus and Satan offered to be the Savior of mankind. Jesus wanted to follow God, the Father's plan, and allow men to choose, while Satan wanted to force all individuals to do His will. The Gospel Principle states, Two of our elder brothers offered to help. Our oldest brother, Jesus Christ, who was then called Jehovah, said, Here I am, send me and so Jesus offered his plan and offered himself to be the savior of the world according to Mormon theology as a result Satan was upset and led a rebellion there in the pre-existent heavenly world Mormon theologian Bruce McConkie writes the appointment of Jesus to be the savior of the world was contested by one of the other sons of God he was called Lucifer son of the morning haughty and ambitious and covetous of power and glory, the spirit brother of Jesus desperately tried to become the savior of mankind. Jesus became the chosen leader and Satan became angry and led a rebellion in heaven. One third of the spirit children joined Satan in the war in heaven. Jesus and his followers defeated Satan and Satan and his followers were cast to the earth and denied the rights to receive mortal bodies and forever would exist as spirit children here in rebellion to Christ's plan to redeem mankind here upon the earth now this whole teaching that Jesus Christ is related and in the same nature as mankind and the angels and that Jesus is the spirit brother of Satan this clearly goes against what the Bible teaches for example Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him so Jesus created all things including the angels which would include Satan Ezekiel 28 teaches that Satan was a created angel a cherub angel of the highest order so Christ is the creator and Satan is the creature So they are of two entirely different classes. They are not related in any way. Christ is the creator of all things, including the angels. In fact, Hebrews chapter 1, the writer explains how Christ is superior to all the angels because He's the divine Son of God. He's different in nature from the angels, and that even all the angels bow down and worship Jesus Christ so this whole idea of Satan being the spirit brother of Jesus goes clearly against the biblical teaching of Jesus Christ. Now according to the Bible Jesus has always been eternally the divine Son of God. There was never a time he was not in existence and there never was a time he was not God. In Mormonism however Jesus progressed to become a God. So in Mormon theology Jesus has a beginning And he was not always God, but through his good works, he became a God as well as God the Father did and the other gods that preceded them. So Jesus as a spirit child progressed in the pre-existent spirit world until he became a God. Once again, the gospel through the ages, a major theological work of Mormonism states this, Jesus was man's spiritual brother, but became God equal to the father after his death ascension and exaltation once again bruce r McConkie, the apologist and theologian of the mormon church wrote he christ is the firstborn of the father by obedience and devotion to the truth he attained that pinnacle of intelligence which ranked him as a god so in mormon theology jesus has a beginning and He progressed and attained exaltation unto Godhood. Many now teach that it was in the spirit world, in the pre state, that Jesus attained exaltation unto Godhood. Now another significant aspect of Mormon theology is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. According to Mormon theology, God the Father in His glorified physical body had sexual relations with Mary, producing the physical body of Jesus. Once again, Mormon doctrine states, Christ was begotten by an immortal father in the same way that mortal men are begotten by mortal fathers. And Christ was born into the world as the literal son of this holy being. He was born in the same personal, real, and literal sense that any mortal son is born to a mortal father. There is nothing figurative about his paternity. He was begotten, conceived, and born in the normal and natural course of events for he is the Son of God and that designation means what it says. James Talmadge writing in the Articles of Faith, one of the significant theological works of the Mormon Church says this, God the Eternal Father whom we designate by the exalted name titled Elohim is the literal parent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and of the spirits of the human race. Elohim is the Father in every sense In which Jesus Christ is so designated and distinctively he is the father of spirits Jesus Christ is the son of Elohim both as spiritual and bodily offspring that is to say Elohim is literally the father of the spirit of Jesus Christ and also the body in which Jesus Christ performed his mission in the flesh so according to Mormon theology God the Father appeared to Mary in physical form had sexual relations with her, producing the physical body for Jesus Christ. Now, that poses a very difficult dilemma in Mormonism. If Mary is the spirit child of God the Father and one of His wives, then if the Father came down in physical form and impregnated Mary to produce the physical body of Jesus, this would then be incest. And that poses a difficult problem there in Mormonism. I remember sharing this dilemma with about half a dozen Mormon missionaries as we were dialoguing and they were very uncomfortable. And finally one of them said, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And I said, well, the Bible goes out of its way to tell you about the incarnation of Jesus and how he was born because it's important to understand how could he become a man without sin. And they said, well, we don't want to talk about this anymore because this is sacred. This is something we do not want to talk about. And so they quickly tried to change the subject. But this poses quite a dilemma in Mormonism. Many say that, well, Mary remained a virgin because she had sexual relations with the immortal father, not a mortal man. That's how they get around the virgin issue. How did she remain a virgin? But once again, that whole incest dilemma does indeed pose a problem there in Mormonism. Now, the Bible teaches that Jesus was not born from the Father, but born of the Holy Spirit, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Luke 1.35 says, And the angel answered Mary and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So it is the Holy Spirit that came upon Mary that helped conceive and give the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ, not god the father having relations with mary finally when it comes to the atoning work of jesus christ mormon theology teaches that jesus death atones for adam's sin leaving us responsible for our sins their second article of faith states we believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for adam's transgressions so according to mormon theology christ died for adam's sin but for each person to make the journey to exaltation unto Godhood. That requires good works, and Christ's death does not atone for those sins. Jesus' death, in other words, begins the salvation process, but each person must complete the process by doing good works. Once again, their theological work gospel principle states, Jesus became our savior and he did his part to help us return to our heavenly home. It is now up to each of us to do our part and to become worthy of exaltation. So Jesus' atonement overcame death, so all will be resurrected. But as we will study in a study that is to come, there are several levels of heaven and full exaltation unto Godhood then must be achieved by good works. But Christ's death allows the exaltation of all mankind therefore all men and women will be resurrected and go to heaven but what level of heaven you will enter depends on good works here now that contradicts biblical teaching according to the Bible Christ's death atoned for all the sins of mankind it was a complete work of atonement there 1st John Chapter 2 verse 2 says, He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. When John the Baptist saw Christ coming, he stated in chapter 1 of John and verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world, that He gave His one and only Son. In other words Jesus death provided salvation for all of the world but it's conditioned upon this it's only effective upon those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior but the atoning work of Christ on the cross is complete and provides full salvation for those who would receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior the atoning work in Mormonism is incomplete Christ died and makes resurrection possible for all mankind. But the journey to exaltation unto Godhood, what level of heaven you'll get into then, depends upon your good works. And those sins are not atoned for on the cross by Jesus Christ. So as you can see in this brief study we've done here, the Jesus of Mormonism is a very different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of Mormonism is a created being, whereas in the Bible it teaches he's the eternal Son of God. That Jesus is of the same nature and essence as the angels and mankind. And that Satan is the spirit brother then of Jesus Christ as well as the rest of mankind. Mormonism also teaches that Jesus was not eternally God but progressed and became a God through his obedience to truth and his good works. And that at the Incarnation God Father in a glorified physical body had sexual relations with Mary to produce the physical body for Jesus. So from what we have studied so far, Mormonism teaches a different God and Mormonism teaches a very different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. Here's some very clear distinctions between clear biblical teaching and Mormon theology. Therefore the claim that Mormons are indeed Christians comes into serious question because they contradict some major teachings of the bible what we have studied so far the nature of god and the nature of Jesus Christ
0: thank you for joining us here on evidence and answers radio broadcast be sure to join us next time for the conclusion to this message if you found this broadcast to be a blessing please consider partnering with us Evidence and Answers relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. Log on to our website at evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available for you there. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, click on the Donate button on the side of our homepage. Join us again next time on the air or online for more evidence and answers.